0: Ultimately, although I have to oversimplify, African and Caribbean society breaks down into two large components, or to two components with power. There is a power of working people that derives from the fact that they produce, and the producer always has that power, sometimes only a potential power which has yet to be actualized, but it is always there. And there's the power of the social groups who control the state, who control the allocation of resources and the allocation of surplus in the society. Now for Africa, let us exclude for the moment the direct intervention of multinational capital and concentrate on the political scene where undoubtedly the indigenous state has an autonomous capacity and it has a capacity to wage struggle on behalf of its own class vis-a-vis the workers and peasants of Africa and the Caribbean. And in that context, we therefore need to identify this social group, the leading social group, which will both command the struggle, provide the organizational basis for the struggle, provide the ideological underpinnings of the struggle. And we can proceed Inferentially, we can exclude one group as a group that is not operative and is not functioning and cannot historically function anymore to lead the African people and to lead the Caribbean people. And that is the so-called middle class, the petty bourgeoisie. Let us at least put that myth to rest. The petty bourgeoisie as a class is unable constitutionally to lead any third world country anywhere except the destruction. That class was born originally, located, spawned by imperialism and capitalism. Its members, of course, do have a certain choice to a limited extent, they are fluid. But as a class, their intervention in the historical process has been to lead movements, mass movements, has been to lead populist movements. And they have imposed their own stamp on these populist movements. And they have stood as a barrier between the working people and the state, between the working people and the elaboration of a true working class ideology, between the working people and the development of a working class organization. All of these groups, without exception, and this includes some who would be considered as more progressive than others. It will include the Nkrumas and the Sekutores and the Neraris, as well as the plethora of other reactionaries, of the real reactionaries in Africa and, and, and the Caribbean. They have organizationally established the hegemony of the petty bourgeoisie over the working class and the peasantry. All of these political parties, all of these state systems represent petty bourgeois hegemony over the working class and if the petty bourgeois has a role as one should hope at least i would hope so for my own sake being located in that class if we have a role it has to do with the shift of the initiative into the hands of workers and peasants and then for a change we begin to serve those classes
1: hello guys welcome to the 1804 Today, we'll be covering a few things that passed around during the week, um, mainly the release of Joel quali which we'll get into, uh, firstly. A um, few sanctions posed on Haitian oligarchs, and as well as the mentioning of this kind of monopoly one of these oligarchs has in the country of Haiti, so we'll explore that as well. So first off, I actually wanted to start with um, this report, and like I said back in episode four last week... Um, Joel Kali, like well, um, once he got arrested under possession of unmarked uh, firearms, um, just to give you a background, if it's the first time here, um, last week Joel Kali got arrested by the DCPG, which is essentially the invest the detective unit for the Haitian National Police, um, because there was a boat near Marigot, the shore of Marigot where he lives, um, that would had they claimed to have substance that looked like cocaine. And then from that point on, for some reason, they went to go to Joa's house and raided his house and find two unmarked guns and arrested him on those based on those guns themselves. Um, so December first, which was let me check my calendar here, that was Thursday. On Thursday, he was really he was um he was released. So he spent about four five days in um in jail before it was released, and he was released um. Uh, on bail, uh, 3 million, uh, million gourds, which is essentially if you convert that to US, three hundred k US. Um, so I'll just read the tweet. This is a journalist, um, saint ville um, So, obviously, he tweeted in Creole, but I'll read it for you in English. After being arrested by DCPG for illegal trafficking of arms and bullets, jean colleague was provisionally released today. Jacques Mel's first instance court made this decision after an extraordinary hearing, according to Radio Métronome the real estate agent gives 3 million gold as guarantee. His lawyer requested his this um, release. So honestly, like I wasn't, I'm not surprised he's released, but I'll say I'll, there's two things to say, like based on the charges that they had, it would have been hard for them to keep him in um, in prison if the main goal was trying to get him on drugs when they didn't find drugs in his house. So that's one thing. However, though, um, anyone in Haiti, if they, if that was the same, if they were had the same situation and there was unmarked guns on the normal, like, um, the regular Haitian citizen, they'd still be in jail right now. Um, so, um, clearly he had an advantage in this way, um, in the sense of his statue, um, um, his status, sorry, and his money as well. Um, those of you who don't know as well, which I just recently known, he does have a, he's an entre- like mainly an entrepreneur, um, based in Jacmel as well. Um, even with the, which I'll get into something else too, because he's the, uh, if you're not familiar, there's this, there's this former senator. Um, he stopped serving in 2017, I believe, 2016, 2017, um, Edo Zeni. Um, Joel Kali is his, um, Jesus, how do you call it? Why, how do you say that? His brother-in-law. It's his brother-in-law. Um, and I we only know this because Edo Zeni said it himself. It's his brother-in-law. which in the video I'll show you. But in part of his release, Zini helped facilitate. Um, what I found weird, though, is um, not about nothing nefarious, but he's defending, not defending, but Joel Kali's release. But yet it's Zini speaking on his behalf on everything that that happened. Um, we have not heard anything from Joel Kali yet. He has not appeared on anything, any um, uh, Haitian radio station, what's usually what they like to do um, to kind of plead their case um he hasn't put out a statement or, or anything like that but um I'll, I'll show you the video of um Santa and essentially just um explaining what happened and what the process was to get him released but i'll I'll drop a few commentary on that
2: it's not on Facebook, it's not, it's not j'étais OK. Et j'ai contribué aussi à la libération de mon beau parce que
1: j'ai fait voir les points So he's basically saying he he contributed to the liberation of
2: his um, brother-in-law. Je m'a voulu me cracher, je m'a pas me je m'a cracher dans la dernière limite. Et ma ville, jac, la, cette ville qui m'a vu naître, qui m'a fait, je ne sais pas pour une bataille complète. Mm-hmm. Parce que tu vois, donc, le 10, 9, 13, je m'a dit D'ailleurs, a barré. Là, cote la ville de Et en plus de ça, à 7h30 du soir, un mandat sans mandat en main.
1: He's claiming that um, when they did come to Joel Kali's house, which again, I don't know why the grown man like Joel Kali can't say this for himself because he's released now. So I don't know what he's hiding from. But he said um, that they came into the house with no mandate, which to me, if I'm converting that to US or Canadian law, I'm assuming he's speaking about a warrant to actually come into the house. <laughs>
2: continuer pour, you know, pour, pour, pour nous frapper et BLTS pour, pour ça le faire parce que la justice pas qu'à vivre de rumeur radio et puis des initiés et puis des milliers des milliers de monde d'accord et, milliers, et même la justice de mon pays mm-hmm. et même la BLT
1: one thing I do agree yeah like if it was a if DCPG was tipped off um on false information that is dangerous um in a sense that if it it could accusations could have been even worse same way where people sometimes um it's it's a popular trend with um popular streamers in the states they get swatted like some of their fans or people watching their live stream will call swat team and make stupid claims on this individual and then obviously the swat team is not gonna like better safe than sorry right that's the policy down there so they're not gonna just ignore the claims because what if it's something true so swat team usually gets up and gets to the address to 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 see the situation so in this case he's saying that this was based on somebody um gave false information to dcpg to go raid his um raid his house for drugs <laughs>
2: sou, sou mec, gen, 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 gen ou bien quand même va bien, en fait mais même content
3: Vous avez BLTS pas même gien entel dans ville <inaudible> pour ta confirmer est-ce qu'il une drogue qui tomber vrai dans Marigo drogue ça pour Joel Kaoli c'est sauve le là
2: moi et je m'écris m'inscris en faux pas drogue qui à côté c'était c'était un bagarre pour
1: so he's saying there's no drugs involved with Joel Kali. Then again, I'd like to hear it from Joel Kali himself. Um, but yeah, it was in claiming there's um, it was no drugs, and he's gonna explain it more right now. Carité,
2: monsieur, et ceci venant de mon journal, de mon qui autorité dans la ville. Nous n'avons le gars de qui
3: autorité, you see? Mais on dit où t'es capable barrer BLTS? On dit c'est dix agents BLTS. Certainement, c'est des mons qui viennent qui viennent dans dossier des drogues. C'est BLTS de vous, elle, c'est ça, le dit. C'est Brigade Lutte contre trafic Stupéfiant. Euh, comment vous avez-vous dit, là?
2: Bamdou, nous montrer que nous respectons les entités d'État en le pays. Mais expliquez-vous que le côté où elle a habité, hein, et même avec BLTS sont capable de dire ça, le côté où prend un jour où elle est là, et le côté où elle le fouille, quand monsieur, depuis 7h30 du soir, au final 1h du matin, so just a fun fact
1: he's just saying one of the guns which it did actually um one of them did look like an older gun the for like that was based on the like that was used to arrest him basically the two unmarked guns, but one of them actually he says comes from former dictator. Um, Jean-Claude Duvalier, president dictator. Um, And that gift was given to Joël Kali's dad at the time. So nothing, I'm not putting in anything into like the gun, but mainly this, the relationships that these people come from, like your dad used to be friends with someone that had ultimate power in the country. Right. Um, So it's just something to look out for. (laughs) amis <laughs> moi l'aime du bozant non even mean quello ka for but just critically think too like mes dis Jacques Cauditz ma escasse
2: du valier sous Jean-Claude c'était des amis c'est Jean-Claude qui te fait le cadeau donc je relève mes amis en souvenir de son papa mais sont ces amis de doux ou est son ami pour son ami pour l'autre c'est c'est des amis obligatoires que je propose au PM au PM à à Henri de faire pour son décret so this is where i'm like um so now he's gonna touch on the
1: 1995 case of Joel kali and for those of you who don't like you tune in last week um so back in 1995 Joel kali was arrested and actually spent um some time in jail but he was released right after with the help of the DEA. And why he was arrested was there was one of his boats coming from uh Colombia. Colombia, or I believe Venezuela. It's normal business. He does, he's an entrepreneur. So um his main thing is um selling concrete to build houses. Um so those get off, the obviously they get shipped by boat. Um, but at that time when it docked, like when when it docked to Haiti, they found drugs on the boat, mainly in the, the front of the engine. And he said he had no clue. It's his boat, but he said he, had, he was not responsible. It had no clue. And I just, I want to get, um, you'll see, um, it was any touching on that point as well, which I'll play for you. Let me see.
2: Mm-hmm. On est les trampés de la radio, la fed gout de manger li, là elle vient de radotel, radio tel 1007, se 2, 80, 97, anglais, ja, si, et puis quand y a la comprenne, vous venez de faire ça. C'est grave. Oui. C'est, c'est, c'est grave. Bon, ou tu as dit dans l'intervention dans
3: Edo Zeny, vous dites que Joel victime de politique. Qui politic qui est l'arrestation de Joel Kaoulia. Joy,
1: Joy
2: victim de Dubai. Mm-hmm.
1: So Ido is basically s- gonna talk he's basically saying um sorry the radio host from Bukan La parole asked him what is Joel Caldi victim of if this was a false accusation and then now Ido is gonna have to t- give his explanation of what he's um, he's victim he's a victim of.
2: Les victimes, les victimes de
1: so mainly politics. So this was like a political move to trying to get rid of him.
2: Que qui a fait nomes, Macedon, que...
1: And his business in his hometown of Jacmel as well, like the way that he conducts his business in Jacmel, he has a lot of things going on. <laughs> so now
2: this is where this is the part where he's going to talk touch on the
1: 1995 case of when there was cocaine found on his boat.
2: 1915 je vais le combattre sur de Colombie et il était pour cocaïne il de était porté en passeur pour les barran et puis c'était un vénézuélien qui était la dame qui est là arrivé dans, le, dans le fond la mer et il y aurait des le bateau. bateau Le capitaine du bateau a appelé mon beau-frère, mm-hmm. et, C'est quoi, les dans parole en ville. » Et puis, le bateau, normalement, on peut fouiller le bateau, on va pas trouver. Les... On va trouver c'est et, Parce que, on l'on bas, pas droite, Donc, il euh, je, je plus de valeur pour faire pas positif, ville négatif, mais jamais négatif pour ville positive. Donc, je vois il a appelé la DEA, l'ambassade américaine, mmh. et donc c'est qui était là à l'époque, dans, dans l'ambassade américaine, et si je m'en, ils sont son, au, son, son gros journaliste, a fait enquête, avec l'ambassade américaine, en 1995, ils ont envoyé la DEA jamais pour ville bran, cocaïne. Dans ton logé, passé, du était commissaire gouvernement, Il fait des autres, il fait yo, et bien, après ça, vous faites un petit peu Joel fait deux, deux mois eh, 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 en, en exil, l'ambassade américaine et la DEA, et parce qu'ils font un bateau, et puis ils ont remis à Joel bateau à tout simon ni. Joel est retourné en Haïti, ils di, ont dit ça, di, 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 so. Joel vaut le bateau à Colombien, c'est cretin, mais il a Colombien couler coulé, avec 50 000 saksimons, si parce qu'il n'y a pas de dos, so
1: it's basically saying that um, the shipment coming from, Ven- so it was a shipment from Venezuela back to, this- he's expanding on the 1995 case. It was a shipment from Venezuela and apparently he was not, he had no idea that there was um, cocaine inside the, the 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 compartment for the engine, for the boat. Okay, so it got there. The captain of the ship called him. And then essentially now the DA conducted an investigation. And then they were basically the case showed that he was not responsible for the cocaine on the ship. It was actually the other men that were bring on the boat. On his, it's his boat, by the way. Like it's his his boat. So I don't know if he knows the crew members there or I don't know. But it's his boat. And so he wasn't aware of the cocaine. They found out he was not aware of the cocaine. They released him. So with this shipment of concrete that he had, that was the main thing he was shipping. Um, it shipped it back to Colombia, to Colombia, and then apparently this is what Iduseni is saying: the Colombians, um, the Colombians essentially um, sunk the boat because to denou- because he's claiming that they they were mad that he the day he denounced. The drugs that were on the boat but what i don't understand is that it's a shipment from venezuela then again he might maybe he might have not gone into more details but he did say it's a shipment from venezuela but it got shipped back to colombia colombia if you check the map though they're actually very like i think they share a border somewhere but they're very close um, um countries but he's claiming that then again joel cali was involved, but what's funny to me though is that if you go i'll go back to the repository um, Joel Kali doesn't say um, any of that in the 1995 case, and this is after he's released, so it's not like, um, um, in a sense, that it's not like he had to. He was it was still an investigation going on where he couldn't talk about certain information because there's an investigation. Like he was fully released, case closed, but that's not the story that came out of his mouth. Um, and I'll play the repository again. We oui,
3: said exactly.
1: Si, and just to give you an idea again. Like this repository, this is from 1995, the case from Joel Kali, from when there was drugs found in his boat from a shipment coming from Venezuela to Haiti.
3: Oui, c'est exact. C'est à l'aide de Monsieur Luc François de la TIE et de la CICC que jeune liberté. Mais tu oui, estimer que, liberté, estime que libération ça est illégal? Qui est-ce qui dit que c'est illégal? fait libre lettre que monsieur avec pas ton monsieur prison you so
1: he's saying the his release he got a letter from the da as um Edouzini had said to um, but mainly he said that they found the person that was responsible for it they put him in jail OK c'est
3: monsieur Ose Amaya
2: vous dites uh, nous 30 paquets de cocaïne que nous à Boa Exactly, Boa,
3: 30 paquets que monsieur Danton léger avec toute délégué Ronald Pierre te prend à Boa c'était fait nous que c'est 19 paquets that fait
2: nous que c'est
3: Bon, entre moi et eux, que Yodjo 19, mais tu très bientôt tout, ya que c'est 15, ou bien 12, parce que jusqu'à présent, ni M. D.I.E.O., oh, ni M. Nakotikyo, oh, pourquoi j'aime jouer parce que même c'est l'ambassade américaine que j'ai exactement, qu'on a là, moi je avec Monsieur Rousseau, chef D.I.E., que me devant là, que m'a parlé, que le que que j'me, que j'me joue là. Jusqu'à présent. Jusqu'à présent.
1: I didn't know this too, but he was actually, um, while he was talking, the literally, uh, he said the chief of is right there with him too. That's funny. So yeah, so who knows, honestly, but if it were, if I were to draw my own conclusion, if they didn't, like I said, they didn't have a reason, they didn't have a legitimate reason to keep him in jail based on those gun charges if they're trying to pin him for drugs, because they didn't find any drugs other than that shipment of boat, which to be clear, I want to say they didn't say that it was cocaine. They said it's substance that looks like cocaine. So who knows? But if it were like, if I were to draw my own conclusion, I definitely think, um, if he's never, if he doesn't deal drugs, he definitely dealt drugs in the past. Um, I just find it, I just can't wrap my head around the fact that, um, you're, you're not aware, like it's your own boat. Um, and you're shipping stuff between Venezuela, Colombia oh um not stuff specifically but um concrete and you don't know what's you're doing what your crew members um pushing the boat and you don't even know what's um you're you claim that you're not aware of the cocaine being on your boat uh, i find that kind of weird if it were to me honestly so but we'll see like like i said before if this was the common person they wouldn't have gotten away with this like even the release even just on the gun charges really Anyone with unmarked gun charges would have st- still been sitting in jail as well in Haiti. So we'll continue to follow this case. We'll see how it goes. But for now, it seems dead. Like, he's released. Looks like um, everything's gone back to normal. As for Edo Zini, I just find, like, um, defending him, It could everything he could be saying, is tr- it could be true. However, though, this is the same guy that on his radio show, he's always, every opportunity he gets, he'll say he's Misha Mateli's friend. So anyways, do that, do that from what you want, but you can't be speaking on behalf of the, he goes on his platform and projects himself as a saint. But yet, if you look at the names he's associated with, it's kind of sketchy. So. All right. So next up, this is good news. Um, U.S. sanctions additional corrupt Haitian politicians for drug trafficking. So. This is from the U.S. Department of Treasury. So, if you've if you've been following this, there's been a lot of, uh, at least the last month or so, there's been a lot of um, sanctions, mainly by U.S. Canada, pl- um, placed on uh, Haitian politicians. So, I'll read this for you. So, today, the U.S. Department of the Treasury's Office of Foreign Asset Control (OFAC) designated Haitian nationals Ronny Celestin and Richard Lenin Hervé Fourquin. Pursuant to Executive Order EO 14059 of December 15, 2021, imposing sanctions on foreign persons involved in the global illicit drug trade. Celestin is a current Haitian senator. Foucault is a former Haitian senator. Celestin lives in um, uh, Montreal. Bitch ass new. Um, OFAC designated Celestin and Foucault for having engaged in or attempted to engage in activities or transactions that have materially contributed to or pose a significant risk of materially contributing to the international proliferation of illicit drugs or their means of production. The government of Canada also designated Celestine Faucon. So this is good. Before I continue to read, like, it's a good thing in a sense, like, if the, they have these sanctions and most of these guys, although... Ronnie Celeste actually does have a house in um four point something, four point five million dollar house in um Laval with probably drug money because no senator is making a million dollars. Um so unless it's from business, I'm assuming it's from drug money um that he used and put it into that house um itself. But this is a good thing because now what my problem is, which I'll get to the other sanctions as well, but a lot of these guys they don't reside in Canada um and they reside in the u s or Dominican Republic from uh, their t- most of the time is spent 'cause um when these sanctions started, mainly Canada took the lead, but the problem I found what I still find is a lot of them they don't they might have assets in Canada but they don't really reside there their time is not really spent there, so it doesn't really affect them that much when Canada poses a sanction um It's well known that un other than I'm like that has a house there. I, um, I'm sure other former senators or senators have houses in Canada as well, but well, in terms of like holding funds or uh, where they spend most of their time is it's mostly in the States. Um, so this is good because the United States actually post sanctions on an active senator and full count. So when so senator senator state can't do in terms of um, moving money financially, um, he can't really do anything in Canada and the U.S. Um, so maybe in the Dominican Republic, he has money there. I would not be surprised. It would be a smart thing to do, honestly. But Dominican Republic or Haiti, really, is the only places that he can function financially for now. Um, So I'll continue to read the statement from the U.S. Department of Treasury here. René Celestein and Richard Foucault are uh, are two more examples of corrupt Haitian politicians abusing their power to further drug trafficking activities across the region, said under Secretary of the Treasury for Terrorism and Financial Intelligence Brian E. Nelson. Treasury will continue to hold corrupt officials and malign and malign actors accountable for the illicit drug trafficking that is destabilizing Haiti. OFAC has informed, um, has informed indicate, sorry, (laughs) Jesus. OFAC has information indicating Celestin engages in international drug trafficking activities. Bitch ass nigga. He has used his political position to orchestrate the importation of drugs from Venezuela into Haiti, as well as the export exportation of drugs to the United States and the Bahamas, so clearly, like, and a lot of people are saying, like, um, well, mainly people in Haiti or Haitian politicians were that were getting sanctions. Was like, we're like, okay, well, there's why are you sanctioning me, and you guys don't have proof. Well, the U.S. the thing is when Canada and the U.S. like like legitimate countries sanction you, they they can't do it on the base of nothing. Like, they have information. Whether or not they choose to release that information or not, that's up to them. But they're not sanctioning people just out open air or, like, even... It could be a political play. That could still be a political play. But in terms of, like, the substance of it, like, they have to... Like, once they sanction you, they must have information. And happy to see exactly why. Because they had shown... They basically said it was for causing these um financing gang and creek um creating instability in Haiti but now we're seeing um proof from the from the government of the US itself. So OFAC has also infor- um information indicating Fourcan engages in international drug trafficking activities. He uses his own aircraft to transport drugs through southern Haiti. Foucault has attempted to use his political clout to install persons in government position who would help to facilitate the drug activities. And this is why the whole all these politicians need to go. All of them. It's dirty because literally that's what they do. They go they go into the end. I'm not saying this is only happening in Haiti. It really you can look at any government when you go into it. Yes, you can care about doing your job for the people. But at the same time, let's not be fooled. There's a part of it, there's an aspect that you're doing, um, there's certain things you're doing it for yourself, which is nothing wrong. Um, if you use your political, I don't think using poli- using your political position to um, enrich yourself or gain, um, gain um, an advantage legally, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Um, well, at the same time, though, do your job. Right, like, don't go into these positions, these jobs. Don't take take up these jobs. And there's a bunch of people I'm sure in Haiti that would actually do a good job in these positions and not get into narco trafficking and um, um, financing gangs. But it's filled up by all these bozos right here. Literally, they get into power. This is what they do. They get into power. They leave Haiti. They send their wives and kids out out of Haiti. Rightfully so, obviously, better conditions, better opportunity. And then they don't give a fuck once they're out, they're like, "You know what my situation in the states is good. I'm living in France is good. I don't need to worry about what's going on in Haiti, but yet they're holding a position that um political positions that are which are responsible for helping the country or even improving the country um economically as well so so what's the implications so as a result of today's actions all property interests in property of the designated individual that are in the United States or in the possession or control of US persons must be blocked and reported to OFAC in addition any entities that are owned directly or indirectly 50% or more by one or more blocked persons are also blocked so this could affect too if they have any kids that own assets that are from their their dad or their wives as well well, the wives of these corrupt politicians, I should say. Um, OFAC regulation generally prohibits all dealings by U.S. persons or within the United States, including the transactions trans transiting um, the United States that involve any property or interest property of designated or otherwise blocked persons. In addition. Persons that engage in certain transactions with the individual designated today may themselves be exposed to sanctions or subject to an enforcement of action. So, this is good, and there's reports, and just to show, like these sanctions are coming too, because, like, oh, you know, in the background, back in October, oh, sorry, what am I lying? Yeah, no, no, September, October, even in the um these UN committee meetings sometimes they do the roundabouts like um, China would be on it, Russia would be there, United States, Canada, um, any kind of international interest, Brazil, France. They'd sit in these meetings, but it was mainly China that was pushing for sanctions to help mitigate the the issue. Not the United States, not Canada, not France. It was actually um, China uh, representatives from China. Now, obviously, then if you're following the what's going on in Africa and even some parts of Latin America with the Silk Belt, the Silk Belt and Road Initiative, I might be butchering it, but essentially China giving concessionary loans to countries to develop, and and that way they they can um, they use those concessionary loans. Concessionary loans are really very cheap loans, like very like little to no interest. So it could be zero point zero zero one percent interest. Um, but then again, there's some, there's definitely some um, uh, contract contractual obligations. Let's say if you don't pay it back, etc. So China's been on a wave of trying to um, make friends, mainly in Africa too. And they had actually tried to do so back when Jovenel Moise was um, um, president. They had come to. Uh, I it really was 2018 or 2019 um to haiti initially for that to talk about the silver belt and road initiative currently Cuba right now signed a deal i believe earlier last year or it was the end of 2021 for development in cuba with the uh with the help of china so i just want to point out that the the push for sanctions itself then again um could have been The voice of the Haitian people too but politically who was who was um, pushing for this it was China so we'll see how this goes there's supposedly supposed to be a UN list and it's getting cooked up right now which should have a full list of a bunch of Haitian politicians sanctioned um now it should apparently this will apply these sanctions Uh, this was based on journalists I found Haitian journalists on Twitter this is based on their sources Um, where they were saying that a lot of these sanctions will cover um, the United States uh, and Canada as well. So there should be more sanctions to come for the politicians, but this is like the drug trafficking. They're not the only ones I'm sure of it. All right. So next up, this is from yesterday, December 5th. So this one, actually, I'm not going to, it shocked me, but then again, the we'll get the effectiveness of this may not be big but canada imposes sanctions against haitian economic elites um so those you don't know so there's um gilbert Bigio renault Deeb, and sharif abdallah these are three um, very very wealthy people in um based in haiti um essentially they have a monopoly on a lot of businesses down there which is nothing wrong like i said Um, monopoly just have a significant advantage doing so um but they got a monopoly um in haiti but they're also they're always tied to like the families that run um the country um those names especially Gilbert biggio um he's one of the names um that we know as well so i'll get into it here and those don't joe biggio he's been um he's a well he's jewish but he's from uh he's an honorary consulate to israel as well and now it's his little um, his son that runs um, the conglomerate, which we'll get into there too. So first, the news release from Global Affairs Canada. Um, so the Honourable Melanie Jolie, Minister of Foreign Affairs, today announced that Canada is imposing additional sanctions under the Special Economic Measure um, measures regulations in response to the egregious conduct of Haitian elites who provide illicit financial and operational support to armed gangs and then again so i'm saying how um canada like canada u.s they can't be making these claims without proof so clearly they have something that's showing that um these three people at least were financing gangs in the country which was basically an open secret um these latest sanctions target three high profile members of the economic elite in haiti jebel Bigio, renault deep and sharif abdallah and impose a dealing prohibit um sorry in- and impose a de- a dealings prohibition on them effectively freezing any assets they may hold in Canada you see effectively freezing any assets they may hold in Canada so that's my po- like that's one thing i don't think well i know for a fact Joe bijo resides in florida mainly miami as for the other two i don't know where they live but i doubt it's in canada um so that's the thing here so the sanction is good for it's it's good it does help but it's very minimal compared to the effect of if if the states for the united states had sanctioned these three guys it's a completely different thing in a sense that they they reside they they all reside there they have they hold most of their assets in the united states so that would have more of an effect and even their money um which we'll get to the pandora papers i to show you guys something but even their um, their their money most should mostly be in the United States, if not there in the Dominican Republic, and if not there, then could be offshore somewhere. But the effect of the sanctions that Canada imposes are very minimal. Although they're good, um, it, I'm sure it does help in some way. Um, any asset that may... because like I said they may hold assets here, but they don't spend much of their time here, and I doubt that even for the financing of gangs, um, any money is going through. Um, uh, Canadian entities, but who knows? Cause at the end of the day, they did have a reason to sanction them. Um, but this, the, these sanctions are very good. I'm shocked that they actually sanctioned cause Gilbert Bijou is the only, if you guys don't know, Haiti produces the most millionaires, whether it's from drug money or entrepreneurship, Haiti does produce, the, sorry, Haiti produces the most millionaires in the Caribbean. I'll be clear in the Caribbean. Haiti has the most millionaires. Gilbert Bijou is the only billionaire in Haiti. And unless there's another billionaire in the Caribbean, I don't know who else, but he's really the only one. So I'll continue reading here. Canada has reason to believe these individuals are using their status as high profile members of the economic elite in Haiti to protect and enable the illegal activities of armed criminal gangs, including through money laundering and other acts of corruption. Because when you look at these gangs, honestly, like, I don't know how much an AR uh, an AR is or a pack of bullets is, but... These guys are in the slums of Haiti and they have guns that are worth more than all of them combined, not in a bad way. But just to show that it doesn't make sense, like it's not them. It can't be them buying these guns and they have an abundance of these guns, abundance of them. And so so it always it was always known that it was financed by someone at the top and people that have money. So that's one thing there. I'll finish the statement here. These gangs and their supporters continue to terrorize vulnerable populations in Haiti with impunity, and are precipitating a humanitarian crisis in the country that includes the resurgence of cholera. cholera. Uh, that's low key cap the cholera thing. I've seen mainstream media trying to push this in a sense to have a reason to go um, to show that Haiti's in it is in a crisis, but the cholera, like they're pushing this cholera thing as if it's a it's it's back. Um, how it was in the 2010s, in the 2010s, in a sense that once the UN left, there was actually people... You saw news of um, um, Haitians dying almost every other day from cholera and the numbers going up. That's not the case right now, but yet it's being pushed that way, at least to me in the main media. But they keep using the research of cholera. It's not even... it's It's not that deep down there. There are also committed committing unspeakable violence, including white, widespread... This is the gangs, by the way, not the 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 violence coming from the gangs, which is financed by the three, like Bijou, Deeb, and uh, Shoif Abdallah. So, the sanction... Con- um, yeah. These people... Yeah, sorry. Jesus, where am I? Yeah, they are also committing unspeakable violence including widespread sexual violence against affected populations and impeding the delivery of critical services and humanitarian aid. The sanctions Canada imposed are intended to put pressure on those responsible for the ongoing violence and instability in Haiti. These people must stop providing funds and weapons to criminal gangs in Haiti. I encourage all stakeholders to support real progress on a political agreement that will lead to inclusive and constructive dialogue and to end the current crisis. So hopefully maybe the United States does something as well. This is the only way to help create environment needed for return to stability, law stability, law and order and democracy in Haiti. So we'll see how it happens. Honestly, like I said, these these sanctions are good. Um, but it wouldn't have it would have a better effect if the US does it, which b- makes me question too. They haven't sanctioned um the US has not sanctioned law La Motte yet, which the Canada has, because there was, at least from um, a prosecutor down in Haiti. Um, they were showing how he had bought he had bought arms from Israel. It got shipped to Canada and then sent to Haiti. And then he claims that were not for gangs. But my only con- my only question is that why couldn't they just ship to Haiti directly? Like why why do why why did it have to go Israel Canada and then Haiti? To me, unless there was it was more cost effective. I think that's more. It just you're paying more to do that than to just ship it down and that just shows you're trying to hide something or trying to it just looks sketched either trying to hide something or maybe show that's coming from canada and sending to haiti rather than from israel but regardless he had bought 200 ars while I was president um for haiti and keep in mind like under the haitian law like haitian national police although they're doing it now um, they're not supposed to be holding assault rifles. Assault rifles are only supposed to be held um, by the Haitian military, which we don't have anymore. So um, there's that. So they haven't sanctioned La Lamotte and they haven't, the U.S. has not sanctioned Mich- former president Michel Martelly as well, who's essentially, um, both of them were their puppet back when, um, after the earthquake. That's when the, the birth of the PHTK, uh, Michel Martelly's uh, party was... Um, on the rise or actually was created really because it wasn't a thing before the 2010 so so we'll see like these sanctions are good from canada but to, to, for them to really get their pockets hurt it would have to come from the united states which like it's been more than a week now since Lohan and Misha Matadi have not been sanctioned which just shows me really there's something going on either they're protected by the united states through their american citizenship or they must have something in the back end where um, the United States doesn't want to sanction them in fear of they may release some type of information or Matali may, may say something, but it's still pretty sketchy how they're not, they're not sanctioned. And like I said, they both live, Lamotte, Natalie, Biggio, they're all, they're all in the States, mainly Florida. That's where they reside. So, but back to Biggio, just to show you, um, oh, well, I don't know if you guys saw the pictures of them, but for those watching on YouTube. You can see here, Biggio. Well, I hope you can. So B, that's Bigio right here, and his son. Um, and then Reno Deeb. That's this guy right here too, who got sanctioned. All very, very wealthy people. They don't even reside. I don't even think um Reno Deeb or Shri Abdallah are Haitian. Only Bigio really. Um. And they have Sherif Abdallah right here. So these are the elites, some of the elites of Haiti financing, allegedly financing gangs um, for their own um, interest, too. So, so just to show you, too, like, just to show you, like, that this is like the Bijio's conglomerate. It's called the GB Group. So basically, this is his business. Just to show you how much monopoly. They have in Haiti. Um, they're into and those who can see my screen here. Uh, this is the website, but at the bottom, I can't scroll it down. But it shows that in terms of like divisions the for their businesses, they're into consumer goods, construction, energy, finance, logistics, and trading. And just to show you, like I'll show you here, like our businesses, everything they hold. So, you'll see, Lurie Aïtienne, Telecom Solutions, Acier Daiti. So, Lurie d'Aïtienne, basically, consumer, obviously, consumer goods. You can see here, founded in 1981 with an edible oil processing plant. Lurie Aïtienne has since exp- since expanded its activities to include five business sectors: sectors, edible oil, laundry and bath soap, powder detergent, shortening and margarine, and packaged goods. So, they're really, consumer goods. Same thing owned by Bijou Group Telecom Solution is Digicel's exclusive distributor of mobile phones and calling cards in Haiti. So, I just want to repeat that Telecom Solution is Digicel. So, this is funny Telecom Solution has a monopoly on the monopoly, which is um, Digicel in Haiti, which is funny. Um, and uh, so, Telecom Solution is Digicel's exclusive distributor of mobile phones and calling cards. So, Digicel can't. Like, they only get the phones from Telecom Solutions, which is Visual's company. They don't get it from anyone else. So, if as of now, if I wanted to go and sell phones to Digicel, I can't. Telecom is the exclusive distributor unless I mark down a deal with um, the CEO of Digicel. So, so and even um, in construction, this is another brand. Acid IT, also known as Ediatra, remains one of the country's largest industrial ventures and is one of the most recognized commercial brands in Haiti the facilities equipped with the best machinery in the industry sit on impressive 100 acre complex which has been the company, company's home since 1982 so they essentially make steel in Haiti and one thing i want to show you too paul afitou so this is one of the ports in the north north of port au prince yeah north of port au prince near the dock there which was uh privatized paul lafito is the centerpiece of Global economic zone the multi-purpose terminal boasts the deepest port in the nation and handles containerized and loose bulk cargo with state-of-the-art equipment and software so literally to support any type of shipment could be cars goods I don't know, obviously cars is good but cars computers anything that gets sent to paul lafito like he makes money off of that okay so in the sense that it's private it's privatized it's so anything shipment coming in and out from that port he gets he gets a cut of that oh, for sure and even like um i'll show you here where's the oh yeah owner of caribbean media and most times when billionaires own a media same way judge bezos owned the washington post you have power in terms of what stories get published. In a sense, you have indirect power in a sense that what stories get published and what does not. Um, for example, even when Jeff Bezos, there was a scandal, um, which not a big deal now, but that cheating scandal before he got divorced, um, he was sending ex- explicit text um, pictures to this other woman, and everything that that got leaked. Um, it was no coincidence that the Washington Post barely reported on it. And when I say barely, they didn't like they framed it differently. They barely reported on it. Whereas like the other mainstream media, actually gave the story itself. Only the Washington Post, which um, Jeff Bezos owns, did not report it the same way as the rest of the media. So the same way in the Caribbean media, of Bijou owns um, Crimbino which I'll I'll read their mission statement here. But having identified a serious void in Haitian in the Haitian voice in both the local international spectrum criminal media is born with the purpose of making reliable information available to the public at large man like (laughs) billionaires owning publications one of the oldest book because now you can control what information gets published and what does not and in that way you can protect your image and contain information the way it is too so smart acquisition though um yeah, that's basically like mainly all. Like, you can see a lot of this, um, a lot of an infrastructure, trading, financing. Let me see what GB capital, F- capital is here. GB Capital specialized in capital raising and financial engineering to develop optimal capital structure for its clients. The company has been involved in the structure of arranging and funding uh, across the capital structure, including senior debt, junior debt, I mean finance, and equity. So, just to show this conglomerate has a lot of companies within it too including mainly paul lafito um caribbean media so it really does have a monopoly on um, what comes in what comes out of haiti Um, let's check corporations here see if there's any other division oh no there's just uh our businesses yeah no so we'll see how it goes oh my god I almost forgot too so um biggio too like he was in the if you always don't know there was the pandora papers um essentially the pandora papers it's like 11.9 million leaked documents that showed how billionaires and some millionaires had saved um hid hid their money or kept their money on the side here. I'm sorry, not on the side, but hid their money or created shell companies to hide their money or avoid um, paying taxes. So I'll get it here. I have to open a different browser for some reason. Um, I was on um, Google Chrome; it wouldn't let me access it. But this is from the Pan- this is from the Miami Herald. There was a story about the Pandora Papers because he he had leaked documents showing that he was there in. He had leaked documents as well, and he had created shell companies in the U.S. Virgin Islands, too. Um, so I'll read it for a bit, uh, some excerpts for you here. But it goes, that show a mega wealthy man from the region's poorest country and his Miami palace. So, um, Bijou, when, Jeff, when the Jeffrey Epstein estate needed to sell off assets to compensate victims and cover litigation costs, retired Haitian businessman Gilbert Bijou was the man with the money. He purchased the disgraced financiers Mercedes Maybach sedan in Paris for a cool sum of 132k. The sale is buried at the end of a 418-page document accounting for the estate's finances in the third quarter of 2020. Nothing indicates how and why the man, considered one of the richest, if not the richest person in Haiti, knew to snap up Epstein's Chariot for a bargain. Today, like there's mentioning today the cheapest model is 185k. Bigio 86, is a well-known power broker in Haiti and Haiti's political circles. When Haiti talks about families that run the country, the Bigios invariably come up. A new, a new, so this is back in 2021, so it's not new as of today, December 6th, but a new and massive global leak of secret offshore shell company documents show just how far reaching his empire stretches. And how the Caribbean's wealthy, um, wealthy elite have for decades massed their fortune and protected their assets through offshore shell companies that point to Swiss bank accounts. Dubbed the Pandora Papers, the involving more than 11.9 documents from 14 global offshore service providers, companies, or law firms that create offshore entities, often with and complex ownership structures. Collectively, the Pandora Papers show how the wealthy elite across the globe shield and even hide their fortunes. So, here, Bijou retired as CEO of the GBU Group in 2018, and is frequently referred to, frequently referred to as the a billionaire. Yet, hails from the hemisphere's poorest country. They love to use that line. <laughs> the hemisphere Haiti is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Um, it's a nation torn apart by earthquake, corruption, gang violence, and thus, and this summer's horrifying assassination of the president. The Pandora papers showed the Bijos sometimes, sorry, the Pandora papers showed the Bios sometime Miami residents used offshore in multiple tax havens and moved wealth to Miami and to Switzerland, so just to show you again, like this article showing now that at least for Bijo and we have money in the United States, there's no sanctions on him yet, and even just to show you a guy like him, he has money in Switzerland too, so just to show the power you guys have, too, because you could put you could, U.S., Canada could put a sanction, even in DR, but depending where they move the money around, they can still they can still continue to do what they've been doing. Right. Because I doubt unless um, there's no really diplomatic relation between Switzerland and Haiti. Um, so I doubt really it would even come to that point where Switzerland's posing sanctions on PGO. So who are they? Along with his 48 old son, Revan. Gilbert Bijoux controls the GB Group, which I showed you there, their monopoly and all the companies they hold under that too, which was founded in 1972. The conglomerate reached an extent to the entire Haitian economy, from providing construction supplies and fuel to offering household necessities like cooking oil and food. He has branched out well into the Dominican side of Hispaniola. Hispaniola, if you guys don't know, that's the, the island that the, the original name of the island that Haiti, um, Haiti and Dominican Republic share. Um, so let me get to a few key points here. So you guys are on TV. I mean, if you guys are on TV, if you guys are watching this on YouTube, you guys can see the house here. Um, this is in Indian Creek Island in Florida. Um, that's where they live. Or at least not maybe reside but that it's one of their properties um for sure so we'll read a few key points here the Indian creek address also appears on a company associated with Bijou's grandson Ignacio so his grandson so that same company is associated with his grandson the eight bedroom eight thousand 881-square-foot home was built in 1996 and sold at the time for 4 point, uh, $4.55 million. It is near where Ivanka Trump and husband Jared Kushner are reportedly building their mansion. Although the power couple, dubbed Javanka, has never confirmed or denied the purchase, cro- crooner Julio Iglesias also owns multiple properties on the elite island. I have no clue who that, that guy is, but I'm assuming another millionaire billionaire. So, the article mentions um, Bejo wasn't the only um, pro- pr- prominent Haitian found in the Pandora Papers. This is where this is actually wild to me. There's Rudolf Boulos, who pharmaceutical company Farval in nineteen who, sorry, whose pharmaceutical company Farval in 1996 was involved in a business transaction that led to the inadvertent poisoning of Haitian children with cough medicine tainted with a solvent used to, in antifreeze. At least 30 children died you know when i read this this guy still like there was no due process after this like there was no like he wasn't the only one because a lot of pharmaceutical companies were victims of that of that um on that solvent but there was no prosecution or anything like he's still free his company killed 30 children like if this was a serious country there would at least been a process to this right you can't like in established countries like u.s canada france uk you can't get away with that really at least not going through uh, uh a due process in court so oh okay, the containment green came in drums from china sold by european suppliers and a 16 minute segment in 1999, 1999 spotted spotlighted how no one was charged like ridiculous so So we'll see how this goes like if you guys want to continue reading, it's on the miami herald there's a um there's a paywall but it has some interesting um points and one last point i want to make is like they're explaining in the miami herald like why offshores too but i'll show you here one possible explanation for the Bijou family's use of offshores may be that the family fortune was tied up decades ago when the treasury department froze its assets in u.s banks in 1991. It was a broad response to a brutal military coup that that abruptly ended the first term of elect, elected president Jean-Bertrand Aristide. Those who don't know um, when Aristide was Aristide when when Aristide was elected back in 1991, it was the first democratically elected president in Haiti. Like it was the first democratic vote, democratic president. But with that too, there was CIA was involved trying to get rid of him. They were using a guy um, at the time, uh, Toto Constant, basically as a puppet um, to get rid of him, too. So they're, they're talking about that time where they imposed sanctions. Um, so those sanctions against more than 200 wealthy Haitians were presumed to support the coup, uh, who were so presumed to support the coup, were lifted by Clinton administration in 1994. So just to give you a timeline on that. So I elected in 1991, Clinton remo- um, removed the um, these sanctions in 1994, yet Bijou may have been a suspect in a supporter of that coup, because like you don't know, when a president in any other country, if you looked at this, whenever, especially in third world countries, whenever a president is elected democratically by a popular vote of his people and does not serve the interest of millionaires and billionaires, um, most likely, or in the international communities such as other countries, United States, um, Canada, or you can say France, Um, usually there is a coup d'etat that happens. The guy gets forcibly removed like Aristide did in 2004. And then it's under the guise of, oh, he was corrupt. Oh, um, we need to get rid of them. He was bad for the country, et cetera, et cetera. But I want to go back to the article again. So I'm just going to read it again. It was a broad response to a brutal military coup that abruptly ended the first term of elected President Jean-Baptiste Aristide. So these are talking about the sanctions that were placed on U.S. asset banks in 1991, which I'm sure Bijio has assets in the United States. Those sanctioned against more than 200 wealthy Haitians who were presumed to support the coup were lifted by the Clinton administration in 1994. In 1994, with they actually with the help of um, the United States, that's the same year that so. Beltran still got removed in 1991 and he was re- returned. He returned in 1994 with the help of the Clinton administration too. Okay. And part of that dealing, what's known now too, is that, um, well, Haiti had a rice, um, industry. Um, so even for tariffs, anyone, any company at the time or country wanting to import rice into the country had to pay 33% uh, tariffs on the rice. Okay. Part of that deal Part of that deal for um, Aristide to come back and gain um, resume his power and finish his term in Haiti was to reduce that tariff from 33% to 3%. What ended up happening, cheap rice started to come into Haiti to the point where, like, if I'm a Haitian citizen and there's the Haitian farmers selling their rice and I see U.S. aid rice, because essentially U.S. aid rice um, sending it um, sending it to Haiti. And those who don't know, essentially, it's... Um, usaid the way it works whatever excess food like it's a good thing it's still like people still get a but us is basically sending their excess food they don't need to other countries it's not them really saying oh we have food here let's give it to you it's whatever food that would go to waste they're just sending it to other countries same way how they were um like sending expired vac uh, canada us and other g7 countries were were sending nearly expired vaccines to africa because they're like, well, we're gonna we're, we're gonna throw end up throwing out. We might as well just look good and send them send them to people in need, I guess. So this was the same thing. So they put the tariffs from thirty three percent to three percent, which killed the rice industry in Haiti. Because now Haitians they're looking at, well, if you are comparing it, well, there is USAID rice which is way cheaper, and then there is hey, um, the rice from my Haitian farmers. Who am I gonna buy it from if it's the same rice? Obviously, I am gonna buy the USAID rice, right? So what happened? A lot of Haitian um, it essentially killed the rice industry in Haiti because people were buying cheaper rice from the United States than from homegrown in Haiti. And that effect, mainly because of that, was because of the three percent tariffs, which is nothing for um, for America. So, yeah, just to show that again, um, these guys, when their interests are not protected, um, usually there's coup d'état happening. So I just want to show you guys the Pandora Papers and who these guys really are and how they're involved and how really they contribute to uh, what's going on in Haiti. It's honestly a good time now. Like a lot of things are coming into the light in terms of like um, the responsibility um, in this stuff. There's still a lot of work to be done, mainly on the ground. Um, like like I said, I can't speak on it, but the people in Haiti living there, Maxi Sun, Bouquet. Um, few in La Pen, even the capital, Port-au-Prince, um, it's uh with these gangs basically going in these pop um, in the slums, burning houses, uh, burning houses, taking control of neighborhoods and even blocking off access to certain roads or goods. Um, it's a mess. So hopefully that gets resolved in the near future. And um, here at 1804, we'll continue to t- um, follow these stories and keep keep Haitian oligarchs and anyone involved in this mess accountable and just putting him and showing them into the light so thanks for joining me guys today um again please follow me on twitter at the 1804 official and you can find me there um mainly content um geopolitical content and you'll see when the next um and when my um, the youtube videos and the podcast do come out as well as well as other. um Quick news or usually um, yeah any type of quick news really from haiti you can find it down there too that i may not be covering on the podcast on the show but you can find it on the twitter page as well so thank you guys Uh, i'll see you guys next week have a good day and take care